whatever you do, do not blame Adam Gase. He didn't conquer the Jets. He didn't swoop in and go to battle and have his troops at the front gate and take over power. He didn't seize power. Power needed to be given to him. Don't blame Adam Gase. We'll have that and the hilarious, very many prototypes of the New York Jets fan. From the eternal optimist to the pessimist to the just insane and wild. P-S-N-Y. over it yesterday, Mike McCagnin deserved to be fired. Five years is enough for, for a change. Good talent evaluators could re- turn over a roster in two seasons. Look what Dorsey's doing in Cleveland. This is the NFL. This is the not-for-long league. Jerry Glanville. You could turn over in the salary cap era You could turn over a roster like that. And McCagnin's so polarizing. For such a quiet coffee drinker, the man is so polarizing. Based on snagging a franchise quarterback, the best safety in the league. Based on hitting those top six picks right and doing everything else wrong, it's divided the fan base to such such an incredible degree I have not witnessed before it's so split in terms of McCagnan backers and anti-McCagnan and I think it turned out that way because of Darnold and Adams and Leonard Williams and Quinn and Williams getting those easy ones right the studs that carry the news and the headlines and the ESPNs and the sports centers and the Stephen A. Smiths and Skip Bayless's while doing everything else wrong, the stuff that really matters when you're trying to build a championship team, the nitty-gritty stuff. And I think that's why he's such a polarizing figure. But we start with Adam Gase. And the narrative over the last 24 hours has been that Adam Gase is the bad guy. He's the villain. He showed up at Florham Park with his with his troops ready to to rage war against McCagnan, the mild mannered, nice guy. He saw him. He knew it was an easy mark. If you listen to Francesa, he used the word conquer. And the way the hierarchy is set up with the Jets, if that was Gase's intention and he did it. It's very easy to do because of the hierarchy, because the GM and the and the head coach both report to the owner. Was there some of that going on? There's no question about it, of course. The important issue here is to not blame Gase. The Jets knew who Gase was coming in, and they hired him. That's not Gase's fault. 
Gase can't seize power from Miami or on the unemployment line. He needed to be given that opportunity. And the first step to be given that opportunity is his hiring. The next step is to have the hierarchy, the structure set up the way it is. If he was reporting to that one true football boss, that one GM, this doesn't happen. This does not happen. If he was reporting to the GM, McCagnan would be the boss, and this does not happen. Now, I'm of the opinion they made the right move. The timing is terrible, but McCagnan deserved to be gone a long time ago. This is a value league, not a superstar league. I don't agree with the Le'Veon Bell signing. I never have. Even Mosley. Running back, inside linebacker, when you already had two inside linebackers. You already had Darren Lee and Avery Williamson. Darren Lee flashed last year. And now you gave up that value for a six-rounder. It's amazing. Gase already made a trade. He's uh, flexing that newfound power right away just to show the world he can. But how is this Adam Gase's fault? Okay, do you want him to, to cozy up to a guy who he doesn't think is worth a damn? See, if you come in and your colleague sucks at his job and you know he sucks, are you going to play good soldier? And are you going to play good soldier if this is your last, this may be your last opportunity to show the NFL that you know what you're doing? 23 and 25 in Miami. He, he, I'm not sure if he was technically fired, but ownership asked him to do a few things, and he said, the hell with this, and that's how it deteriorated, deteriorated. But this is his last chance. And coming in and doing things his way, how can you blame the guy for that? I don't know if you really can. The Jets knew what they were getting with this guy. If you want to blame anyone, blame the Jets. Blame the system. Blame the structure. They allowed this to happen. Blame the Jets for not firing McCagnan with Bulls. And doing it the right way. Don't blame Gase. You know, Gase and McCagnan don't have any connection whatsoever. And you hire these guys and expect them to coexist? Bowles and McCagnan didn't have any connection. How'd that work out? There are grumblings that uh, McCagnan and Bowles didn't get along at the end of the era, at the end of the tenure. The two quietest, mild-mannered dudes in the world didn't get along. What if McCagnan was just that bad? I mean, the realistic fans who understand football understand the areas, the McCagnin's shortcomings, and they're big. And they always fly under the radar. The star is captured. The party gets going. And the star wins the offseason, but when the regular season comes around, it's the same old thing. 
the star wasn't needed this offseason, the Le'Veon Bell. They needed they needed an offensive line. They needed a four-man conventional pass rush. The nitty-gritty. Good character, guys, to build culture. That's what they needed more than anything else. And McKagan just he just can't get it done. He just never has, and I didn't have trust that he could moving forward. And Gase, he is the face of the franchise, folks. He is the Jets guy. Whether or not it's a good idea, whether or not it's deserving, isn't what we're discussing right now. Of course that's not deserving. Gase has not proved to be okay with this power. It's ridiculous. You know, We know this already. It doesn't mean it can't work out. It can. But there needs to be one voice. Right now it's Gase. He won the battle. McCagnon's gone. But the fans right now are losing their minds. They hate Adam Gase. And it's nutty. It really is nutty. Uh, I've never seen a general manager perform so poorly and have so much backing from a fan base. It's, it's really split down the middle. But still, over five drafts to draft just three offensive linemen, one in the third, two in the fifth, never come away with a mid or late round gem. Folks, Herndon is probably the closest, and he's only had one year. Everything else is the first round. That'll never get it done. Never. And all this drama just reaffirms the same thing and the same stereotypes in the Jets fan. What's hilarious is the stereotypes carry over across a bunch of different prototypes. There are a number of different prototype jet fans. I mean, think about it. If you really want to have a fun day, a hilarious day, go on Twitter or Facebook and read some jet stuff from fans. The first rule about social media in this, in the sports media industry, is to understand that social media only represents about 1% of the actual total sports fandom. And usually that 1% are, are so far extreme compared to the rest of the pack that it distorts reality. But you get a good idea for the different types of prototypes by going to Facebook and Twitter. Facebook especially, because Facebook, oh my god, these folks. You, you shake your head, you laugh, it, it's amazing. You wonder if it's if they're real people at all. I mean, who, who lives life like this? The first type? The long-suffering vet. Yeah, this guy's older. This guy 
has been long-suffering since the days of Super Bowl three, and most likely either witnessed Super Bowl three as a little kid or it was kind of born around the same time. He, he or she understands reality, yet they fully can't buy into reality. They're, the, the perfect guy for this is Joe Beningo. Joe Beningo of WFAN, oh the pain, walks around like everything bad's going to happen, but still holds out hope. He's still right there every game, holding out hope that a win's going to happen. It doesn't matter that they're playing an 0-14 team. He expects the worst all the time. He expects the worst, but he holds out hope. He still thinks it's possible. This, when you come across an older Jets fan, is the top guy, the top descriptor, the long-suffering veteran Jets fan. Next up, the hardened pessimist. This guy, or gal, when I say guy, it's not... You know, we're talking about the entire, every applicable person here. The hardened pessimist goes further past the long-suffering vet. It's gloom and doom. Gloom and doom all the time. Nothing good will happen. These folks did not witness Super Bowl three. Okay. They are probably born in the 70s, up until any point today. And nothing will ever happen. It doesn't matter what they do. Nothing good will ever happen. They are tortured. They talk about leaving the Jets as fans. And we're not talking about casual fans who hop around from team to team. That's just... That's not a real fan. A real fan is born into it. Or latches on at an early age. And they can't shake it. That's a real fan. Fans who could make the conscious decision to say, okay, I'm gonna done I'm done rooting for this team, and now I'm gonna root for another team. That's not a fan. That's not a real fan. And some people don't understand what I'm saying right now. And if you don't understand that, you're not a real fan. It, there's just there's just a unexplainable factor that goes into it. It's either in your blood or it's not. But the hardened pessimist can never leave. But they always think the worst is coming. Unlike the long-suffering vet, they, they don't hold out hope. They watch, but they know nothing good is going to happen. And if something good does happen, ah, oh, they'll just mess up next week. That's the subtle difference between the long-suffering vet and the hardened pessimist. Next up, complete 180, the eternal optimist. The Jets fan who just feels like, you know, their team is stuck in a downward cycle that's going to snap at any moment. You know, it's not incompetence or uh, terrible talent evaluation or bad personnel or bad coaching. It's not that. It's just bad luck. It's simple bad luck. And they believe, hey, Jets have to win at some point, right? The eternal optimist. These are the people who keep continue to make excuses for Mike McCagnon and the offensive line. 
Three straight off-seasons running. There's always been an excuse why the offensive line underperformed the year before, and there's always an excuse, there's always a reason why it's going to turn around this year. Brian Winters, two years ago, was injured. Last year he was coming back strong. He was the reason. Spencer Long replacing Wesley Johnson, who was awful. He was the reason. Rick Dennison, the zone rushing scheme with Bates last year. He's going to turn it around. Run game coordinator extraordinaire. Ryan Clady, Kelvin Beecham. This season, it's Kalichi Osemele. The eternal optimist will point to that guy and say, There we go. Everything's solved. Wrong. Everything's not solved. You need an objective eye, an objective look at what's happening. The number four type, the fair-weathered judge and jury. And these are my favorite folks. Oh, baby. Fair-weather judge and jury. These are the fans. They're casual fans. They're not diehards. If they were, they'd never say what I'm about to say. These are the people who see something negative and say, how can you be a fan of a team and criticize your own team? Go root for somebody else. Oh, you're so lost. You people are so lost. If we all sat around in a circle around a fire singing Kumbaya, everything is great, and never once criticize the organization, we're not doing our job. Accountability is a must. And the fans control everything. They control the revenue. They control the feel. They control the culture. The fans are the reason that they play football. They are the reason it's a professional league. So to hold the organization, your love, your team accountable is your duty. It is your right as a paying fan, as a time-consuming fan, and for the fair-weathered casual fan to say that's not right just exposes them to the to the tenth degree. These are my favorite people on social media. By far. The next one, the bandwagon jumper. It's pretty self-explanatory. 2009, 2010, suddenly there were so many more Jets fans than in the past. You know. The Jets, unlike other teams like the Patriots, Cowboys, don't have to worry about this type of fan too often. But it does, does come around every now and then. Finally, we have the way too worried about what other fans say type of fan. This is the guy who only watches ESPN, Stephen A. Smith, Skip Bayless. This is the guy... Or girl, who takes the headline, mimics the headline, and makes it his or her own opinion. And that's pretty much it. 
This is the guy who's worried about other fans calling the Jets a laughing stock. After the news that Mike McGagnon was fired. And these fans are hilarious as well. As an extra treat, we'll actually read some of these Facebook posts from Jets fans and attribute them the different prototypes. These come from the Facebook group titled No Fly Zone. The first one is from Mel Barcos, my boy. He is under the classification of long-suffering Jets fan. Now, he's more optimistic than the regular long-suffering Jets fan. He was pro-McCagnon. He writes, I am so pissed right now with this organization. Just as you think we are heading in the right direction, they go and pull your guts out. Once again, we are a circus, and the Johnsons are the leading clowns. Well, I mean, sure, it's terrible timing. You don't want to see a GM operate through the offseason only for him to be gone. The Chiefs did it with Dorsey two years ago. It's worked out for the Chiefs. But Mel needs to focus on this. It's, it's, it's about the hierarchy, and it's about getting rid of McCagnon when they got rid of Bowles. It's about that. Continuity for the sense of continuity when it's a disaster already, when the GM can't do his job, doesn't do anything. Just because you feel like it's heading in the right direction doesn't mean it is. Where's the offensive line? Where's the edge rush? He's had five years to fix this. See, this to me is not a crazy, as crazy as other people are making it out to be. They were already in a state of not building it the right way. You know, the fans who were who think they were building it the right way are shocked by this. But I already was of the opinion they were not building it the right way. They were building it for buzz, for stars, for the attention. So for that, with Mel, I just don't get it. I, I would have been pissed. My, my thing was not getting rid of McCagnon when they get rid of Bulls. If you're not going to change the hierarchy and you're not going to change and you're not going to uh, hire one true football guy to bring in the coach to run the organization and if you're going to keep it like this where they both report to the owner you got to get rid of McCagnon and Bowles at the same time that that's basically where I stand on it <clears throat> the other is another example of a Jets fan. Now this one is the we'll label him the let's see. We'll label him the between fair weathered judge and jury and bandwagon jumper. He writes
we will label him the way too worried about what other fans say. He writes, Hope you guys all happy now. League is laughing at us. Who the hell cares? The league is laughing at us. Doesn't matter who's laughing. It doesn't matter what the... Two years ago, the Jets were declared the worst roster in the league. Didn't matter. They shocked people. They got off to a strong start, finished 5-11. and Should have won more games, but draft purposes did not. But this man, Phil Kluge, K-L-U-G-E, is just not a great fan. He's just a... Uh, Way too worried about what other people think. He's the guy that, that watches Sports Center, Stephen A. Smith, and doesn't know much else. And it's a shame. I, I wish there were more knowledgeable fans within the Jets fandom. Michael Larson. Now let us talk about the firing of Mike McCagnin. Most of you won't agree or like it, but think about this real hard before jumping in. McCagnin was never going to see this three-year rebuild through. Three-year rebuild, what is he talking about? Why? Because if it would have succeeded, he would have stayed a long time. Should a guy with a terrible draft record for four years be allowed to stay? He's all over the place. I don't know what the hell he's talking about. Let's just pretend we never called him out. Man. See, this is it, folks. This is Facebook. It's just... It's a shame. I wish more of the intelligent fans were on social media, but they're too intelligent to bother with such crap. That's the truth. Now the guy lists every McCaglin draft picks, every every McCaglin draft pick, showing the point that only the top six no-brainers have worked out, and possibly Herndon. Jonathan Wright. Last thing, the GM doesn't dictate where the team goes. Darnold does, in my opinion. Garbage. Darnold needs an offensive line. How was Andrew Luck doing before the right GM came in and said, this is ridiculous, this is nonsense, we need to build the O-line? Come on. Get a clue. Carl Laterza. Okay, I get the idea of firing him, but why now? Why not fire him before the draft and let the new guy have a chance to mold the future? I am a diehard Jets fan, but it gets harder and harder to, main lo <laughs> to remain loyal to them. Yeah. All right, Carl. Um, I don't know. I don't know if you're fair-weathered or you're the long-suffering vet. I'm not sure. But, you know, if he was, if he's, if he was non-casual, if he's diehard, you know, diehard do talk about jumping, but never can. You can't tell with, with, with just a post. Errol Allen. Wait, did the Jets just trade Jamal Adams? Did CJ Mosley abruptly retire? Did Sam Arnold, Jesus, Sam Darnold just donate his liver to an aging alcoholic? Same old Jets fans. Nothing is that nothing is ever the right move or the right time. I am personally in agreement with this firing. Replacement Mac. Yes, I am too. Yes, this move is a replacement. Firing brings on a feeling of total ineptness and utter failure. I do not think he was either inept or a failure. 
he was not in plan for the future. I don't know what the hell he's talking about. What's this? But I don't ever go to say, but let's do it with new blood. Yeah, he's just saying he doesn't. He's okay with McCagnan getting the boot, which is fine. Michael Cecier, son of a effing bitch. So tired of this crap. Being called this in the tabloids is very sad. Just when I thought we were heading in the right direction, I'm tired of being the laughingstock of the NFL. The headline from the New York Daily News, Manish, who is on fire right now, because he made the proclamation that McKagan wasn't going anywhere. Only to be lied to. The headline, Jets fire Mike McCagnin and surpass Knicks and Giants as biggest joke in town. It's just, it's just silly. I mean, come on. We're ranking the biggest jokes in town now? Because they got rid of a GM who hasn't won? I mean, break that, break that down. Jets got rid of a GM who hasn't won. I don't know what to tell you. That fan, jeez, I don't know what to label him. He's just a fair-weathered, casual guy who just doesn't get it. Maybe he's diehard, but he's just not. He's not digging in. He's not understanding. And that's it for fate. I can't do this anymore. In my Jovan Echevarria. Echevarria. Not the Mets infielder. In my opinion, Christopher Johnson doesn't know WTF he's doing. Bring back Woody. Oh my god. <laughs> ah. Bring back Woody. <sighs> Brian Schroeder. Not only is McCagnan out, but Gase is the interim GM! Exclamation point. What the hell is going on? Uh, here we got a comedian. Thomas Loca. I say Jets get Peyton Manning for GM, actually. I take it back. I don't know if he's serious or not. Scary. Here we go. Rick Martinson. This actually looks promising. I've been saying this all along. This is what happens when you have the worst owner in football and the most ignorant. Woody Johnson is not only a horrible, greedy, vile human Jesus, vile human being, but along with his brother, are terrible owners. I don't disagree with the with firing Mac. He was a terrible GM, but he should have been fired before the draft and free agency. Dysfunctional organization. He was right there. He was almost on the right path, but vile human being. I mean, come on. Don't discredit yourself like that. Don't let people think don't let people know it's personal for you. Corey Brown keeping Darren Lee D A R I N Darren Darren Lee and giving him a chance is way better than a 6th round pick. I mean listen. It's not just about talent. It's about fit. It's about culture. It's about locker room. Darren Lee has been a problem. As soon as McCagney got fired, Lee puts out a tweet, good morning, everyone, like, like a six-year-old child. 
I would. I, I don't care what I get in return. He's gone. I, I take it back. Of course, I care about. I care what I get in return. But if if we're already battling over fifth or sixth round picks for the guy, and his market isn't going to get better, I could at that point I don't care. If it's a guy who, who could bring a huge return, of course. But at that point, you're you're a problem to this extent. Why? What did the Jets do to you? They didn't abuse you. They drafted you 20th, let you play, and signed Mosley. Put your big boy pants on. No, I'm completely cool with cutting ties with Lee. I wouldn't have signed Mosley based on salary cap. And I love Mosley as a player, but based on the salary cap and how championship teams usually win in today's league, I wouldn't have done it. But no. It was right to get rid of Lee. You can't have all these problems, and I just have a lot of player problems in the locker room. Michael Larson, you need you all you all need to chill out. Jeez, Gase had to trade Lee. It was a great move. You all do understand that Lee was going to cost ten million on cap if option was picked up. That's not a it's not a worry right now. Next offseason, but not right now when the rosters are set. That was never going to happen. Mac couldn't get a fifth rounder for him during the draft. At least Gase got something. Otherwise, he was getting released. Mike Mattioli. So now that it's out there that Gase didn't want Bella Mosley, do these guys dog it and basically tell Gase to go screw himself? No, they don't do that. This is the NFL. It's not a good sign Bell didn't show up. To OTAs because he missed the entire season. You want to start off on a good note. You want that that little extra bounce to start, but no. Professionals don't do that in the NFL. You can't. You get hurt. If you don't if you don't play the right way, you get hurt. Uh, Timothy Gallagher, I love the Jets. All the naysayers are a joke. Oh, so we got the Eternal optimist and the guy who criticizes other fans for criticizing. Oh, Timothy Gallagher. You don't get it. I can't do it anymore. Frankie Crow, last one. I personally have no problem firing Mac. I just wish they had done this the same day they fired Todd. Agree. What was the point of, of the last four and a half months? You're sending a bad message to your team. You're saying we are confused and have no clue. It's probably the best post that we read. Salad job. Listen, it's it's funny. The different types of fans and Facebook and Twitter and social media are funny. It's funny. And, and what's funny is when fans grasp, think that the only, all the fans in the world are on social media. And they think this is an actual representation of the fan base. That's what's really, that's the kicker. You got to understand, like 1% is on social media. And then of that 1% are the most, (laughs) are the most insane, disgruntled, flailing, crybaby arm type fans that there are, which gives you a lot of contrasting styles, a lot of contrasting prototypes. And that's it. We'll uh, we'll stop it here. But listen, don't blame Gase. 
He's not a Targaryen. He might be a Targaryen. I know he doesn't have blonde hair, but those those eyes. He's almost robotic. But don't blame Gates. He didn't knock down the doors of Florham Park and take control in a fascist style. The Jets had to give him power. If you're Gase and you know this is your last shot and you need to do it the right way, you're going to want to do it your way. He won the battle. He came. He conquered, as Francesa said. And you know what? That's what happens in this league. Is it a nice move? Is he a nice guy? No. But if he wins, that's all that matters. It's not a good idea to bring in a guy who has no idea who this GM is, they don't work together, and expect it to work. It's silly. Change the hierarchy or give one guy full control. And right now, Gates has full control. Even if Joe Douglas comes in, it looks like Gates is going to be the final voice. So we'll see what happens. Until next time, don't hate Adam Gase.